0: listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr.
1: (laughs) We couldn't get through it all yesterday, but we talked about, number one, establish a private home, shut the door. On your privacy in your home. Number two, keep on dating. Keep on dating.
0: Is there a song for that?
1: Never go to bed angry. And keep Christ and His Word at the center of your home. Today we're starting with number five, and Caitlin loves the orange outfit today. Caitlin Mattingly. Thank you. Are you any relation to Don Mattingly that played for the New York um, Yankees? Because I used to collect his baseball cards. If so, I want to challenge you to sow a seed if that's your inheritance. Um <laughs> Is
0: that really someone who played? I've Don never Mattingly? heard of that last oh, yeah. name before. Oh yeah. Not that I'm like a, so- a sports.
1: If she's related to Don Mattingly, there's some in- there's some inheritance money coming to Caitlin. Um, number five. I tried to get to this one right before we closed yesterday, and I thought it's going to open up a can of worms, and we're going to have to talk more about it. So I couldn't like throw it in at the end. But
0: start with it today. Start with it. Start with the worms.
1: Start with the worms. Number five. Morning, Cass. This, this has to be a foundational key in any marriage. You have to agree from the beginning. By the way, if you missed yesterday, go back and watch the, the first four. T- today, starting with number five. Number five, agree from the very beginning that divorce is never the answer. That's number five. Um, agree that divorce is never the answer. Sadly, it feels like everybody in this generation, is like <clears throat> first inkling of something going wrong. I'm done. I'm out. I mean, out. that's
0: kind of like what society has taught everybody. Yeah. I mean, first of all, society has like t- told everyone not to even get married. Like, you know, try it out. Everything's a try out. Yeah. Try it out. Why would
1: we need to get married? We love each other.
0: Live together. We live together. And then you live together for a while and nobody wants to get married.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I mean.
0: My mom always taught me why buy the cow when the milk is free.
1: Hey yo. Hey. <laughs>
0: You like that one, right?
1: That's what my mom taught me. <laughs> that's
0: why I never lived with them before. Why
1: buy the cow when the milk, when the is, milk free. is free? Think about it. Think about Think that about milk. Think about that. Free milk. Free milk. Why <laughs> buy
0: the cow, right? Hashtag
1: free milk. Um, but, that, that, but that's, that's literally
0: it. what every movie, every book, every everything. Therapists will tell you. Try it out. Yeah. Or
1: Live together for a while. Kick the tires. Or if you get
0: married... You know, it's no big deal. It's just a piece of paper. It's nothing. nothing. You just go and get it done and and move on to the next person. No, what
1: really matters is our love for each other. We don't need a piece of paper to tell us we love each other. It's like so stupid. And then...
0: No, you need that piece of paper or you're going to hell.
1: Well, the other thing is, too, (laughs) is like... um, If you think about it like that... I know a lot of people are just, like, freaked out about commitment. But if you think about it like that, like... If you're not even willing to make the oath, to make the, the promise, the covenant promise to remain with a person, how much easier is it going to be to just get rid of them when you, when something goes wrong, to just walk away from the relationship when something goes wrong. Thank you, Cody. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not willing to make a commitment. I'm not willing to make a vow. I'm not willing to make a covenant. And then how much easier are going to be like something goes south, we get in a big fight. I'm done. You know, how much easier it is just walk away. And that's like what's going on now. It's like people literally just walk away. Nobody has any form of commitment in that way. So now it's like, I don't care. Just like back in the day, people used to stay together through everything.
0: Because it's not even taught. Like you can see that with with sports and how things are 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 transpired to our kids in school. It's, it's just an easy way out. It's participation trophies. It's it's a it's okay. We don't want anyone's feelings to go. You know, to feel anything. And then, uh, you know, so it, it's kind of like what we're taught is as soon as we don't like something, we withdraw, we're done, we leave, there's no commitment necessary. And so that hap- it happens, it's, it's taught in our kids at a young age, well, if you don't like it, it's okay, let's just quit, let's back out. And so it's like, it's, it's taught in this younger generation, so by the time they get to the place of marriage, and then something, a little hint of anything goes wrong, it's what? it's okay. We can back out. We can start this over again. And that's not the way God intended it to be or how he's taught taught us in the word of God for it to be.
1: That's absolutely right. And like, I'm like blown away. Well, here's the thing we touched on yesterday is like, it, it blows my mind to look at people that, you know, I mean, and I know people are at different levels of faith and different levels of maturity and everything like that. But how is it, how crazy is it that we can believe that the Lord can heal anything else. We believe that the Lord can open blind eyes, deaf ears, raise the dead, you know, have the power of God to cast out demons. Right. But we don't believe God can heal a marriage. Right. Like that blows my mind. When, I, when I'm dealing with this, with Christian families, Christian couples, and you see them just calling it quits. It's like, that's crazy to me that you believe God can do all of those other things, but you don't believe that his supernatural power Can restore a marriage. And um, I've seen some amazing testimonies uh, of people that uh, where there was all kinds of stuff that went wrong, but the marriage survived. The people stayed together. God restored it. It, it, It's mind blowing to me to see there's people that, um, you know, something goes wrong. And these are Christian people, these are Holy Ghost filled people. And, and then you say like, well, we're done. You know, we're done. I'm, I'm totally correct. It's like, you don't believe. And I understand there's feelings involved. I understand that there's hurt. I understand all those things. But to look at that and say, I just don't think anything can be done. How can you look at a situation as a Holy Ghost filled Christian right. and say, I don't believe anything can be done. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any way to get past this. You believe the, that God can do anything apparently except right. restore a marriage. And so, uh, especially as. Holy Ghost filled Christians, not only do we need to agree that divorce is never the answer, but we also have to believe God that his suit, the same supernatural power that would not only raise the dead, but that would heal physical bodies can heal a marriage and that can restore relationships, heal hurt, you know, emotions, all those things.
0: That's it, why I, after you prayed yesterday, I ended with people think the word healing, they just associate it with sickness and disease. Yeah. They won't associate it with anything else. It's kind of just how our minds have been trained or when someone, you know, in the church world preaches on healing, it's pretty much geared towards sickness or disease. But we have to, you know, get out of that thought process of what the word healing means. And if he, you know, it's not if, when he heals and he he raised people from the dead, he can surely restore (laughs) uh, trouble in a marriage.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, like... How can you believe um, that there's anything God cannot do?
0: Right. And of course,
1: here's the deal. That's why I said you have to agree at the beginning, because both people have to feel that way, right? Both people have to feel that way. Both people have to say, you know what? We're making a decision to stay together and. We're making a decision to believe God for restoration. You can't have only one person that's just like, no, I believe God can do this. And the other one's like, I'm done with you. Goodbye. You have, it takes two. um,
0: It takes two, baby. baby.
1: (laughs) What does the Bible say? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. This is Matthew 19, six. They are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate what God has joined together, don't let man separate. And so I want you to I want you to hear this: that there has to be an agreement. That's why I'm saying you have to start your foundation with this. In your marriage, set that as a foundational principle. Divorce is never the answer.
0: It takes two to make things go right.
1: I'm going to rock right now. No, hey, no, no. <laughs> thanks, Cass. Number six, oh, yeah. Cass, derailing us but from the comment section. It's
0: one thing that Ted and I do say is, you know, the Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And we know, you know, we always point that to the believer and the unbeliever. But we also believe that, you know, our take on it is you can be unequally yoked <laughs> in what you believe. So when no he's question. saying like, you know, One person's ready to go for it. The other person's ready to give up. You know, one person believes in healing, one person doesn't. That's why it makes a difference when you get married that you are on the same page, doctrinally correct in the Word of God. (laughs) Because you will... Uh, be confronted with these situations. You will be confronted when somebody gets sick or you need a financial miracle or, you know, th- the enemy's coming at your household or there's, you know, coming after your kids and you've got to s- stand up to them. There comes a point, like, you need to be on the same page. And so when, when you get married, and as, and, and you know, sometimes some people didn't start marriage off like that, but you still have the ability and, and the time to get on the same page and get on, <laughs> get, you know, from unequally yoked to yoked up correctly
1: yeah and especially like what you're saying where you both came into the relationship as believers but maybe one came from a past where they didn't have all the teaching another not everybody
0: starts off the same like that And so
1: there has that's why there has to be an open line of communication about what do we believe you know what what are our goals what are what's our foundation what principles are we going to live by you know are we going to be those that
0: and get uh, on that same page
1: yeah and and that's why you got to talk about it ahead of time you know this is one of the things that I think um, it, it's it's mind-blowing. I don't know how many pastors may do this, but when you sit there and, and go through a uh, uh, premarital counseling sessions, and they talk about things like you know how to get along in a relationship, those are all important things. But you know what's important? You sit there and the pastor, especially if, if you know he doesn't know the background, you know what do you guys believe about this? What's going to happen when you come down to this situation? What spiritual foundational principle are you going to base your life on? For your kids, for you? Are you gonna stand in faith for healing? Or you, you, know, it's, you go all the way through. How do you feel about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you both filled with the Spirit? Do you both speak in tongues? You know, all those different things because it will make a difference to be on the same page. When right. you are both a team running in the same direction, you talk about make, you know, taking ground and making progress. It's so, I've watched so many relationships, even ministry relationships, where the husband and wife aren't on the same page and they're in ministry together. Right. No lie. Right? Yeah. And they're like, and then you see the friction, you see the problems, you see the disunity, and then it affects the ministry, it affects their family, and it's because they're not even on the same page. Oh, they're not even on the same page.
0: With your giving, with your believing. Giving's a huge it, one. It, and now that, see, that's like a number one cause for divorce. Is financial issues, and so when you're, you know, a Christian husband and wife, and you know you're not on the same page for giving, that it causes serious. I mean, that that's also a, a one question we get we got wives that are right saying well I believe in tithing my husband doesn't do I still tithe do I not still tithe you know these are the questions you know that come in that people are dealing with every single day yeah and giving is huge divorces I would say the majority of divorces happen with because financial issues come up right. financial problems hardships and they can't take the pressure they can't take this and so it happens if you're unequally yoked in that in that topic you know, it would be really hard because we're very much on the same page, so much so that, like, we, we just will know it by the spirit.
1: That, that was actually a and, mind-blowing thing to me because there was a long period of time where we, we couldn't even sit together in church because I was always on the platform. Uh, as the music director, I'd be at the keyboard or whatever. She'd be in the congregation, and offering time would come while I was still on the platform, and there would be times she'd look up at me, and um, she would, you know, mouth to me or whatever, you're like, what do you want to give? Like, what do you want to sow today? And there were times that...
0: <clears throat> and he can't mouth back to me because I never know what he's mouthing. I'm like, what? what... I'm not good with that.
1: And we'd get I back, you'd be a terrible that. FBI agent. I would. And we, I'm always like, I don't know what you're saying. I can't tell what they're saying. <laughs> That's um, exactly what it was.
0: That's exactly how I feel. So I would just let the Holy Spirit <laughs> talk to me because I was like, I don't know what you're mouthing.
1: <laughs> but in all, in all reality, like... Um, I'd get home. Finally, you're on
0: the piano, you're like,
1: (laughs) one, zero, zero. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that either. You didn't come up with, like, baseball things, like, really?
0: Well, that means Um,
1: 500. But I'd get home, and the same thing that I would feel in my spirit that we were supposed to give, she had already given it in the service. That happened so many times. I mean, like, so many times that I'd get back, and the very thing that I felt to sew, she sewed. I mean, like to the, I mean, to the penny, it would be like so supernatural because it was like our spirits were on the same page. But of, of course, also our, our minds, our spirits are on the same page. When it comes to giving, we've never had to discuss one time in our marriage, whether or not we're going to tithe consistently. We've never had one conversation about that ever. And, we've always right. just said, we're tithers. We're going to tithe yeah, no matter what, mm. but there's other families that they have to have that, you know what I mean? Or they have to be like, I don't know. My, you said it. My husband doesn't want to tithe. What is
0: this blue line that just? Went no, it's be, our it's face. because she
1: has it selected in the in the in source. They can't see it. Oh,
0: I was um, like what <laughs> just drew on our face?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but there That's are an families that are right that are like, <laughs> my husband doesn't want to tithe, but I do. But they're both Christians. But they're both Christians, and it's like, well, you know, now you've got disunity on the, ba- the, the base. Yeah, the baseline thing, or when it comes to large giving, what about generous sewing? You know, she's never held me back one time and listen, from sowing a seed. I've never held her back. Then
0: I'm always like, yes, let's do it. No, but
1: that's the point I'm making.
0: But 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 I know what the end result will be because there are times where you're, your flesh always constantly what is it it's Paul he's like constantly you have to put it under push it down because it it comes up for all of us so there's times where because you remember that time I
1: I said to you like I want to sow $50 and you were like all to this one church (laughs) all to this one church at one time not over the year I said yeah $50 in this offering she was like are you serious (laughs) to one church so but she she got on board with it and she was willing to do it
0: but it's true there's times over the marriage but and i maybe you have felt this way i don't even know if you've agreed with everything that i've always said let's do but i always know that i know the end result and so whether my flesh in the moment's like are you serious ted like that's really what you did right now or that's really what you want to do i'm always like Sounds good
1: to me. Yep. It's great. No, I can say do that about it. her. Do
0: it now. Do it now. <laughs>
1: do it before we say no. She has always erred on the side of saying, like, you know, I just believe. I believe that it's gonna be uh there's a big harvest coming. Whether back from it's
0: uncomfortable this. or not.
1: Yep. And even if it's been uncomfortable for the flesh, she has always been like, let's do it. And there's times that it's been flip-flop where I'll think I'll have one uh amount of my spirit and she'll have one that's either double or or larger. I was like, no, let's do that. Let's do that. I'm, I'm, I never question larger sewing. I never question larger sewing. Yeah. And here's why. And and, Lene and we will pray. Um, but here's why I never question larger sewing because of the process of elimination right? Because number one, the devil doesn't want you sowing like that. Right. You're never going to get a word from the devil or from some demon spirit. Like you need to sow 10,000 into the kingdom of God. They're not the devil or no, and no demon is ever going to prompt you <laughs> to sow largely into the kingdom of God. Number one. So that eliminates any demonic force or demon spirit or any evil, evil voice. But number two, you can also tell by your own spirit uh, that like, man, this is making my flesh uncomfortable to, to think about sowing this largely. Well, that that also should show you that it's not just a good idea that you had, that you're not your flesh is not coming up with the idea to sow that large seed that you feel to sow. So if it's not the devil and it's not some demon spirit, if it's not your flesh or your mind coming up with some good idea, it has to be the Holy Spirit who's prompting you to sow something into the kingdom of God. Now, obviously I'm, it's not it's not the same if you've got somebody trying to manipulate you into giving that amount of money and you're like, man, they keep asking me to sow $10,000 and I just don't know if I can do that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about manipulation and pressure. I'm talking about when you're praying about what you should give to God and you keep getting this large amount in your spirit, you know it's not the devil and you know it's not your flesh because your flesh is having a hard time with it your mind's having a hard time with it you know it's the holy ghost by process of elimination it's the holy ghost and she has never doubted once i've never doubted once even if and there have been many times that it's been uncomfortable to our flesh but even if it was uncomfortable to our flesh we sowed that thing and released it into the kingdom and it's always brought a massive harvest back always and um you have to be on the same page with that. So uh, I'll I'll hit this, which is number six. We'll flip flop a little bit, but couples have to use wisdom with money. Yeah, you got to use wisdom with money. That's as she was saying. It's one of the things that destroys a marriage: financial pressure, and that's because there are couples who aren't on the same page with money. There's one of the members of the of the relationship that wants to budget that wants to steward, that wants to save, that wants to prepare for the future. There's another in the, in the relationship that's a spendthrift, that wants to go out and just blow the money, that just has no filter for spending. And so now you've got... control Yeah, no self-control. And so you've got two that have totally different um, uh, plans or, or principles, thoughts, philosophies on finances. I, I believe so too, Dylan. He said, I believe it's number one reason for divorce these days. It's listed on so many uh, divorce papers you can't even count anymore. that financial pressure, we're just going to go it alone. We're going to try our hand alone. It's because you have two that don't agree on what should be done financially. And um, I can say that truly, like I am blessed. I'm not, I'm not so much a control, I'm not like a control freak, but I'm blessed with a wife that really does a great job uh, handling finances. And, uh, that's right. Jeremy said the nerd and the free spirit, two different (laughs) philosophies, the nerd and the free spirit. I'm blessed with a wife that's, she's a great steward of what God's put in our hands. Phenomenal steward. She's very responsible. She's very, um, disciplined and she's very responsible. She's on top of that. She's not like just flying by the seat of her pants, but very, but what if you're uh, in a relationship that's not blessed with that? We're like, you, you were never taught those principles. You have to develop them from scratch your parents didn't teach you you know my dad was very much my whole life taught me about the importance of budgeting the importance of knowing what's coming in he's the budget master what's coming in what's going out uh my dad has a principle that he taught me one time he called it abc always be cutting always be cutting is there any excess in your budget that doesn't need to be there is there fat yeah. that can be trimmed he's
0: great at putting it in front of his eyes constantly to yeah. be looking at what's coming in what's going out where's this where's that necessary not necessary god said do it is god you know my he's dad's very, probably
1: one of the if not the best steward of kingdom finances that i've seen he he has everything in its place to a t to a tea, And that principle, always be cutting, always be cutting. Is there any fat that can be trimmed? You see what I mean? I want to be the very best steward of what God's placed in my hands so that he'll trust me with more. If you're faithful over little, God will make you ruler over (laughs) much.
0: And it's an instruction too in the Bible. It says you are supposed to leave an inheritance to your children, your children's children. If you are like living life until you're, you know, you're on your way to heaven in constant debt and nothing to show for you know you've been disobedient to the word of God so I mean I'm always thinking about that instruction is to leave an inheritance to your children and your children's children so it's like is it is what you're getting ready to buy necessarily something that you need to be spending money on right now is it something that's going to be taken away from your instruction that God's given us in the word of God and you know, I wasn't always in that thought process till I got older and wiser. But that's why you know, videos like this are good because if you're in that position and you're young and you're learning this right now, it, it this in the in the big picture of life, you know, think about the importance of what you're getting ready to do with your finances because it all catches up with you and you can hone it in you can catch it now you can be wise you you know even though we save we also have the the principle in our mindset that if god said give it all we're ready to give it all so you have that wisdom of balancing what you know god says he he always wants you to have and he wants you to have more than enough right and you can have that by applying wisdom with the instruction so Save, 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 save. But if he says give, 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 you also know the principle of sowing and reaping. You can't outgive God and you'll always have abundance by doing both. Because some people get into the, I'm going to save and have the wisdom of saving, but then they never become givers. Well,
1: what ends up happening is that they're more interested in their saving plan than they are following the voice of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, you know, of, of course, you know, there's others that like, I'm not, there's actually an, I've heard people say this. I'm not leaving anything to the antichrist. I'm going to spend it all before we're gone. And it's like, no, the Bible says a fool spends all that he has. A fool spends all that he has. So if there's nothing saved, if there's nothing set aside and prepared, then you're operating as a fool. According to scripture, there should be something set aside. And the, and the problem is most, uh, marriages, I would say, because there's so many, you know, we can look at the statistics again and again and again, 90 some percent of Americans are in uh, bad debt, credit card debt, high interest rate debt. Right. So that means that the majority of them are not using the discipline and self control. It's not that people don't know how to not be in debt. They know how it's just that they refuse to right? that they refuse to stop buying Instant
0: gratification. Yeah. They refuse That's what's pushed on us. You know, you got it with Amazon. I can get this in two hours in my house. Yeah. Well, at least we can.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know, you can get this today, overnight, da, da 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 and everything's at the tip of our hands, and so it becomes a mindset, yeah. and then we become fools with our own money.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it, what, what ends up happening is that, like, people just live beyond their means. They're not living in wisdom. They're not uh, putting a budget together. They're not putting things aside. And it blows my mind that Pentecostals and Charismatics think that there's something w- wrong with the word. Well, if you're, if you're always talking about a budget, you don't understand prosperity. Now, that's right. not how it works. Prosperity is not just uh, not looking at your finances and just believing I'm always gonna walk in the abundance. There's actually things the Bible says that you must do to walk in abundance.
0: You know, You've got to do. Having action. a pair of Gucci shoes doesn't mean you're walking in prosperity. No, even though you have Gucci shoes on, believe me, it's stupid. It's like, but it's it's how we're trained to think. Like, yeah, we we have to. But it's like you're people in debt. People you going can't, to
1: prosperity conferences and renting a Mercedes to come. Yeah, it's like <laughs>
0: that's not prosperity. You know, and I'll tell I'll tell people that there's some people that aren't multi-millionaires. And they're kicking the ground because they're like, oh, I just, I want God to give me more and this and that. And I'll be like, you you own your house outright. You don't have any debt. You don't have any car payments. Like you are, a, a you are not, you're like a minority in this world. A I was small, like, small, small, small minority. I'm like, you are walking in prosperity. Let me you, tell you. You are. You're able to give unlimited amounts of offering. You're, you pay your tithes. Like just because you don't, have a million dollars in the bank doesn't mean, you know, you're not walking in prosperity, but that's what happens. It's a worldly mindset that gets stuck and we're like kicking the dirt because we're not, you know, riding around in this. And that has nothing to do with it. You don't have the burden of being that borrower to this world. And that to me is walking in prosperity. I don't, I don't look at,
1: you know, you know how you truly can measure how wealthy you are? By how many days that you can go without working and still live your life? That's truly how you can measure how pro, how, how how wealthy you are. You know, there's people. Uh, it's basically they are they are six days they are six days wealthy. That's poverty, barely, where yeah. you you have to work till your next paycheck comes in, or you couldn't live anymore after that. That is poverty, paycheck to paycheck. When you look, and that's what AJ is saying, 70 some percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So when you look at it and you look at and say to yourself, you know, people think that you have to have a Bentley to be prosperous. Let me tell you something the average millionaire in America, the average millionaire, and I'm talking eighty over 80% 80 right. of them, drive F 150s. F F-1, one, that's an actual study. And don't
0: even buy new cars. Like if you yep. actually studied two years old cars, that's what they buy. Yeah, they, they write. And any prosperous millionaire <laughs> writes in if they've written anything will always say like I don't buy new things like that I don't buy new cars I don't and you, you think know. It's, it's
1: the worst investment possible? it's the most I mean a car a depreciating asset it blows my mind you get people that have like seven cars it's like dude unless you make like this is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about that destroys a marriage people think they have to have a thing and that thing is going to make them happier. That thing is going to make them look great and to, to other people. impress others. Yeah.
0: Get that mindset out. Yeah. I could give a rip what anyone thinks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, it's like, who cares? I mean, you
0: like, you know, you work yourself up to that. I do remember in my early 20s, like that stuff meant to me. But I look back and I'm like, that's when I didn't have it. But God's blessed me and and provided things in my life when I learned to not care about the things of this world, when I learned to not care about material things. So I mean like, yeah, when I was in my early 20s, I did, I was like, you know, that, that, I'm somebody, I've arrived if I got that expensive purse or, you know, this and that, if I had that juicy couture velour outfit on.
1: (laughs) And you know what? I
0: look back and I'm (laughs) like, that meant so much to me. And I thought people would think I'm, I'm arrived and it's sold at Kohl's now. Yeah. like. You know what I mean? Like That's the kind of mindset you've got to get out of.
1: What does Dave say? Buying things you can't afford to impress people you don't even like. That's exactly what it is. And people are being marketed to on a daily basis. They don't understand what biblical wealth is. You know, truly, it's not what I, it's what you're able to do to bless others. Am I in a position to bless my generation or not? You know what prosperity is? Prosperity is the ability to, for me to pay for my meal and to go over to somebody else and pay their whole table's meal. That's prosperity. When I have more than enough to accomplish my and complete my purpose. Abundance. That's what abundance truly is. I'm going to be a blessing to my generation. I have more than enough to take care of any of my stuff, but to be a blessing to so many other people. That's abundance. I'm not just feeding my kids. I'm feeding hundreds of kids around the world. That's abundance because I'm not just believing for me anymore. I'm believing for my generation. I'm not just believing to fill my fridge with food. I'm filling other people's fridges with food. I'm not just believing to pay my car payment. I want to pay other people's car payments. It's about what I can do to be a blessing. I walk in abundance so that I can complete my purpose on the earth. You don't get there accidentally. And people that uh, that their marriages are destroyed by finances, it's because they keep themselves in a place of slavery, mm-hmm. and of slavery. Debt in that way is slavery. The Bible says that the borrower is a servant to the lender. The borrower is a servant to the lender. So you keep yourself for your entire life in a position of slavery because of a lack of self-control, lack of wisdom, and and, and really it's pride. Mm -hmm. Trying to keep up with the Joneses is pride. It's pure pride. Because who cares? That's the bottom line. Who cares? And then pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know why people are destroyed financially? You know why marriages are destroyed because of finances? Pride and a lack of self-control. Those are the two main areas. Because everyone knows, just like everyone knows how to lose weight, everyone knows how to get out of debt. It's just that nobody does it. And if you don't want your marriage, do you know how many fights, I mean, put a hand up if you don't mind being transparent on the broadcast. Put a hand up in the comments if you and your spouse have ever had a fight about finances. Had a fight about finances. Well, yes. And then there's all this tension in the marriage. You weren't supposed to use that card. I told you to use the other card because we're paying that card off. How come you put money on that card? Why did you buy that? I told you we were going to do that. I told you we were, we were waiting until we had more money in the bank. And then there's fights. And then there's tension. And then there, then you have to make up. And then you have to, you know, apologize for things it's you said. It's not even
0: expensive stuff. People yeah. will have, like, drag outs for a week over yeah. $100, $100 spent. So that's how, you know, it's just a foothold for the enemy it's, to get in yeah, and it's just wedge and push apart each other over what? And you think back, you're like, wow, that $100 shirt that I shouldn't have bought that, you know, is probably going to be destroyed somehow with grease or butter or something that I'm going to eat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, was it worth it? No. For what? Because and you have you no self-control?
1: There. Yeah. And then now it's causing a fight in your marriage because, and, and all this stuff. And it's like, did you... This is what, what's mind-blowing and, and the
0: Holy Spirit will check you. Yes, he check will. He'll check you on everything. People are like thinking it's like only on big moves, uh, big decisions that I have to do and stuff. No, He'll check. He's checked me plenty of times with just stuff in the store. I went to, and I'm, oh, I really love that. You know, I really, even if it's on sale. And then I'm like, really? And then I'll get a feeling and I'll be like, nope, don't need it. And you know, at the end of the day, I still went to bed great and in peace, yeah. you know. But he'll check you on on everything, on every decision, and we have to learn to heed to that check to heed right. to that feeling because that those feelings will grow callous if you keep ignoring them yeah you'll still get to the you'll get to the point where it, it feel it, it's less and less of a feel less and less and he's still telling you but you've ignored it and pushed it off so many times that you're going to start just making decision based on pure emotion and pure feeling yep. and then you get into trouble that way
1: yeah that's that's absolutely right and 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 the when you get when you get down to it and recognize what are my responsibilities what should i be doing how am i going to take uh how am i going to take care of my family and put them first you start to realize you don't even need that stuff who cares who cares there's people that'll buy stuff and they don't even really necessarily like it they just know that people think it's cool and so they buy it so that they can look cool to other people what a mistake what a mistake to try to live in that kind of pride to impress yeah. other people and it's causing your family to be into fi- going going toward financial ruin because there's no self control. It's and
0: just because you can't afford it now doesn't mean you'll never be able to afford it. Yep. So don't speak against don't it. Don't say don't say don't say ridiculous that. things. You know, I just had I just had someone write me who said I listened to your podcast and this and that and you know, I wanted I want to do these fun things with my kids but I feel like all I'm saying now is I can't afford it, and that's all they hear. And, you know, do you, is it wisdom if I just go ahead and do it? And so I explained this to her. I said, no, if you don't put yourself into debt right. for stuff like that. I was like, but also don't keep saying in front of your kids, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I was like, because that's a seed that's going to be sown into their lives. And that's going to be a constant thought. And you're not going to get out of what you're digging yourself into. And then it's going to be, you know, sent to them and what they say and what they think. Yep. I was like, just steer it to a different confession. Speak positive. Don't sow seeds of doubt and unbelief. Well, not everything you have to do with your kids is expensive either. You know, I'm trying to remember I'm, I'm, who it was. Take them to the park.
1: Who were we listening to that was like, don't ever say, I can't afford it again. When you're in a store and you see something that's nice, but it's expensive. And you're like, well, I can't afford that. He said, just look at it and say, I'm coming back for you. <laughs> Probably <laughs> like,
0: Bill Winston. I think it might have been <laughs> Bill Winston
1: or, or Dr. Thompson. I'm coming back for you. Don't, don't oh, yeah, keep confessing. Thompson. You know, I, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. You know, God will bless you, but you have to be faithful over little for him to make you ruler over much. There was, so-
0: there was, wasn't things that we could afford. We barely could pay our bills when we first got married. I mean, it was paycheck to paycheck. I worked at a law firm, he worked at the church and it was, but it never stopped our giving, it never stopped our, our ties, it never stopped our offering. In fact, we made vows that every year we'd give more than the last year mm-hmm. and that's never changed no matter what financial bracket we've been in. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I look back and I'm like, the things I couldn't afford and, and looked so massive to me that I thought was going to be, you know, little things. He cares about the little things. You know, Matthew 6:33, seek the kingdom of God. And above all, he'll give you the desires of your heart. He will. You seek the kingdom and do what you are supposed to do in your covenant. He'll give you the things that you want on this earth. You don't have to wait till you're in heaven to have nice things. But when you make that a priority and I look back and I'm like, man, because of our faithfulness and because of the whole like not saying we're never going to have this. It was I'm coming for you. I will have you. This might not be the time and wisdom that I do it and what you've asked us to do and putting his kingdom first leaving things behind, traveling. I mean, where we stayed when we first traveled is not where we stay now. We just talked about it on, you know, we had some time together in New York and I look around and I'm like, man, can you, like, if we would have spoken against everything that God wanted us to do, we would not be where we are today. Yeah, And so.
1: we used to do the Priceline things just to afford to stay in hotels. So I mean, like, We'd don't, price line don't say bid. you
0: can't do stuff now. It just might not be a, a the right decision in this moment but god wants you to have everything that you want here on earth
1: yeah god wants to bless you you know that, that's the thing it's so funny you look back and we were doing our very best to like be good stewards of what we had there was a, a website called priceline.com you used to be able to bid uh like an amount to stay in a nice hotel like a four-star you know whatever hotel and you could place a bid in that region and, and they, the hotels would either accept it or reject it and uh, there was one time and you know, we stayed like in multiple different places during one stay just, just to get with nice. With an infant. With an infant. Oh, my. Just to be able to stay in a nice place. We were, like changing hotels every night. Uh, I look back and laugh, but what we were really trying to do was do the very best we could with the money that we had at the time. It's just you got to use wisdom. And, uh, and, and that's why so many people, you know, finances will destroy you if you don't take Uh, authority over that area of your life.
0: And before you move on, don't take the extreme either where you never put yourself around nice things because you're, I can't ever afford it. This is never don't ever do that. The one thing I've always done is put myself around things that I may not be able to have in the moment, but I'm like, you know what? I'm a child of God. There shouldn't be Uh, people that are on their way to hell and to hell in a hard way. (laughs) All of it's hard, but I mean, there's some people that are like extreme and then they get the blessings here on earth and I have to, you know, just make it by. No, I put myself around nice places on purpose to get it in my spirit. That's like, you know what? God wants us to have nice things. Might not be in this moment. For me to have it, not because he doesn't want me to. I'm, I, I'm getting to that point. I'm getting the wisdom, the faithfulness, the steps to get there. But I know people that will not go around nice things because they're like, well, I'm never going to have that. They'll tell me that. I'm never going to have that. But you know what? If it wasn't for me putting that in my spirit and in my eye gate when I was younger, I'd ride around houses that were like, <laughs> man, I can, I, can, I can just barely afford an apartment but I would ride around places and neighborhoods and be like, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in that and I'm never going backwards. So that means the next place, the next thing that God's going to do for my family and do will only be better because you're right. only going up. And so don't, you know, don't push those things away out of your eye gate right. and your ear gate and your spirit man, get it on there and write it on the canvas of your heart. Cause when you get it in your heart, you you've got it. It's like signed sealed delivered. It yep. gets a vision in you and you go for it. So don't knock things out saying I'm never going to have this. I can't just because you can't do it in this moment.
1: Right. Um in the time we have, I'm going to give I'm going to combine a couple. Oh yeah, we um, went
0: long on giving. But you know what? That's the number one thing for divorce. So. Yeah,
1: people are being like literally people be We can combine a couple. It. Um I'll put these two together. Uh, 6 and 9. Uh, yeah, but se- 7 oh. no, se- 7 and 8. Because what did we just do, number six?
0: No, we just did, no, we did eight.
1: No, we did five, and then we just did six, and now we'll do seven and eight, which is, I'm just keeping them in order so they have their list. Uh, Seven and eight. Number one, remember that criticism and nagging destroy love. Mm. And then eight, speak softly and be kind. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Again, (laughs) seven. Remember that criticism and nagging destroy love. I'm
0: sure men can be nagging. But women Indiana. are queens at it. Queens at it. So, ladies, if you're listening, please stop nagging your husband. <laughs> hey, listen, what I'm speaking on is nothing I've never had to like learn and do and correct and, you know, have to work on myself. But we can get into that constant, constant, constant. And what I've learned over the years is you need to, you're going to the wrong person. You don't need to be nagging your husband for change and change and change. I'm not saying you don't ever go to your husband about stuff, but we all know when we've gone into the nag zone. <laughs> There's a nag zone, okay, ladies? There is a nag zone.
1: Touch your Lord. <laughs> <I'm not laughs>
0: hey, I said I've changed over the years. You shouldn't be getting nagged now. No. But it's true, and so I've learned to... Let's turn the nagging yeah. to the Holy Spirit. So we're so now I take what I want, um, you know, things to be directed towards is the Holy Spirit because he is a man of God. And your husband is a man of God.
1: Say
0: it again. <laughs> he doesn't have to be a <laughs> preacher to be a man of God. <laughs> That's right. And so he is a man of God. And so he should be listening to the Holy Spirit. So if there's some major things, maybe in personality or characteristics or just things you want tweaked in your marriage, direct to that in your prayer time so the Holy Spirit will speak to him because we all know, and it happens, right? It happens. We somehow build this wall against when <laughs> people we're close to try to tell us things. We you do. That,
1: were you praying? you think that's why I make the bed now is because you had been praying about it? Duh. Oh, like, oh, her prayers. <laughs> I just woke up one morning I was like, I need to just start making the bed. And I didn't know that that was a prayer being answered that she had prayed. I'm just now realizing that you've been praying in the Holy Ghost. Wow. Ta-ta, and my ta-ta, life, ta-ta, my life bed, has been changed. <laughs> wow, But it's
0: true. We can become less nagging and bring it to the Lord. And He can speak to Him. And there will be a, a change of heart, Things can be softened. Things can be looked at in a different way. It lets them have the time to really like mull this over. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me on
1: this. Make the bed. Yes. I hear that, Lord. Yes, I hear that, Lord. <laughs>
0: and now you're like going to the gym.
1: Wow. Oh, you out. prayed for that?
0: Hey, well, you know. Oh, there's no-
1: <laughs> I switched from Diet Coke to Zevia. My God. It's just like prayer there's after miracle prayer. in the house. <laughs> 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 and then on the other side of that too speak softly and be kind
0: yeah so you so can, don't don't, don't just you talk on speaking softly don't just and don't just <laughs> i did the nagging for the women
1: don't just do cri- no criticism tone, listen tone. um not just a criticism and nagging but on the other side of that and that is something you know that you have to you have to like intentionally make a decision that like I'm, and then if this is employing the fruit of the spirit immediately that, you know, there's going to be times in every marriage where you feel irritated, you feel ready to go at it, all that you have to make up your mind, self-control and love and patience all play together, self-control, love, patience, and you're going to make up your mind. You know what? No matter how I feel in the moment, I'm going to do my very best to speak um, softly and be kind. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger so literally sure. i can and any 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 uh, couple can be like this but like i know how to get under her skin and she knows how to get under my skin so i really could be angry well. oh like, like really more. well
0: he's a lot easier than me
1: oh yeah she's good it, at it he
0: has to dig in my skin a little bit but he's she's pretty good. like a little flaky
1: she's good <laughs> So she could say something to me that irritates and angers me and then I have a decision to make. Like I could respond in a certain way, but then I know what's that going to do. It's going to stir up anger. So I can respond in a certain way that's going to actually escalate this to the next level or I can speak in such a way that will diffuse, uh, diffuse is a good way, right? Diffuse, diffuse the situation. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Diffuse that Dylan said, my ex-wife used to shave her mustache into the sink and I couldn't keep my voice silent anymore. So gross, Dylan. Poor Mackenzie. (laughs) But I can diffuse the situation by speaking according to scripture, a soft answer. What does it do? Turns away wrath. Turns away wrath. So I I can speak one way or speak another way and... um, obviously this is something every couple works on every couple every individual has to take authority over their own personality has to take authority over their flesh i am by no means de-escalates a good way to 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 say it as well de-escalate we all get a
0: choice we all get that choice in that moment and i take it left or right
1: and i have a very (laughs) intense personality so like you know I'm i'm the same you do I know people could never tell that from the broadcast or from the rants or from my preaching, but I have a very intense... Pre- I know you think I'm just like a turtle and I go into my shell, but I He's have feelings. He's super introvert. I have feelings. He's
0: an extreme introvert.
1: Yeah. Nobody ever hears from me, but...
0: He's quiet.
1: But it's it's true. Like I have to take control and authority over my personality, over my flesh, and um, and, you know...
0: So there's like no surprise that when Teddy gets a... Get Little stuck. Teddy, Little Teddy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If something happens to him, he immediately turns into the Hulk. He does, so, and I always wonder where does he get that from? Yeah, because Big Ted's so calm.
1: <laughs> I think he gets it from his mom, but it, it, my son is just. <laughs> he starts going like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it's, and then you know, then we then we have to take him out of his cage, but we. We we, uh, we recognize, and that's you know. That's part of the the issue of of knowing yourself. Know thyself, part part. Of, <laughs> that what
0: I know you just know, like knowing yourself. Know thyself.
1: Yeah, because that's the actual I famous know. quotation. it is, okay. is know thyself. So you ha- you have to know yourself because if you don't, that's why people hate to introspection.
0: To love yourself. <laughs>
1: That's that's the that's what people hate about introspection. Nobody wants to be introspective and recognize man I've got flaws faults Everybody likes to blame it on the other person. You know, they got an issue You know, it's like if everyone around you has an issue with you, maybe it's you maybe look you
0: suck at picking friends
1: (laughs) well, that could also be true but but like Why go with
0: you but both
1: choices? why, Why do I why do I not look at myself honestly, introspectively and say, you know what, I've got some things I need to, I, things I need to work on very quickly. There's things I need to submit to the Holy Ghost. I need to submit my, my attitude, my anger. I need to spit my, submit my flesh to the Holy Ghost. These are issues that I can tell, you know, people, and this is where, here's the lie. Get ready for this. Um, get ready for this, um, <laughs> this, this truth, because this, people don't ever get this, is in our generation it is celebrated to say well if you don't love the real me this is who i am i speak my mind and this and if you want to change me in order to be my friend then you don't love the real me you want to change me so that you can be my friend that that kind of stuff is said all the time
0: this one too love it or leave it
1: yeah love it or leave it love it or leave it yeah if you don't if you don't like the way i am then you don't need me as a friend that that whole mindset is contradictory to the scripture because If you belong to Jesus, then you don't have the right to just identify with your flesh. You have to do what the Bible says. You have to obey the scripture. And part of that's the fruit of the spirit. So let me give you the final one because it plays right into it. And it's, it's number nine, make God's definition of love your daily goal. That's number nine, make God's definition of love your daily goal. What does that mean? Let me read you real quick and then we'll talk about it. First Corinthians 13, four through seven. First Corinthians 13, four through seven. Love suffers long and is kind. That's patience and kindness. It doesn't envy, does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not uh, provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity rejoices in the truth bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things can you read it from the new living translation first corinthians 13 oh, I don't have it up First Corinthians 13 First Corinthians 13 <laughs> First Corinthians 13 Hey have <laughs> I been kind to of you today? Have I been nice? I mean we've only just started the day really but have I been nice?
0: I guess I haven't seen you much yet. 4
1: through 7 <laughs> 4 through 7 Nagging. Four through seven. Pray
0: for me, guys. Love
1: is patient and kind.
0: Patient and kind. Love is not (laughs) jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Mm. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Oh, Lord. And it keeps no record of being wronged, which...
1: That's a big one. That's a big one. No record of being wronged. You don't have a list? Putting you on the list.
0: (laughs) It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, it never loses. Faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance.
1: Make God's definition of love your daily goal. Make God's definition of love your daily goal. And so, what do you, you don't have the right as a child of God, you've been purchased by Jesus. You know, the apostles went from saying, now I was a slave of sin, but to to what? I am now a slave of Christ. Paul, a slave of Christ. John, a slave of Christ. Peter, a slave of Christ. What does that mean? That I don't belong to me. That's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. You are not your own. You don't belong to you. You've been bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. What does that mean? Your body doesn't belong to you. Your mind doesn't belong to you. None of you belongs to you. Jesus purchased you. So that means you belong to him. So that means if he's your master, then you have to obey his instructions. If you're his disciple, then you have to emulate his disciplines. And so when we look at that, making God's definition of love my daily goal, I don't have the right to say um, my body, my choice, because it's not my body. So it's not my choice. I don't have the right to say, well, if you don't like the real me, what they're really saying is when I get in my flesh and start telling everybody off, and start getting irritated, and and, and well, that that's my business because that's who I really am. No, it's you being rebellious toward the instruction of God's word, because the Bible says that love is patient, love is kind, yeah. right? And so you don't have the right to say, you know, uh, you know, I just that's just the, that's just who I am, and if you don't like the real me, people people talk like that. That's very popular in in our generation, and so. You, they're you not to,
0: willing to change they're not willing to work on themselves and they don't they're think really they're not a problem. willing to work in, in walk in love they feel like the fruit of the spirit does not apply to them
1: right and that i mean that's damaging in and of itself because if you we call the fruit of the spirit the personality traits of Jesus Christ if you're not willing to walk
0: yes it's live.
1: in the personality traits of Jesus Christ then what's going to happen Don't forget this as we're getting ready to pray for you. Don't forget this. Every decision you make is a seed you're sowing. Every decision you make is a seed you're sowing. Every single one. You're sending it out into the kingdom as a seed. Every word you speak, every decision you make, the way you treat people, everything is a seed you're sowing that will produce a harvest. Yep. Will produce a harvest. And so you have to go back and ask yourself: If I'm not operating by the fruit of the spirit, and instead I'm doing the opposite, instead of love, I'm walking in, uh, you know, I'm holding grudges, I'm, I'm whatever. What kind of seed is that? How's it going? How? What kind of a harvest is that going to reap for me? You know, going back. I'm not patient with people. I'm irritable, like the Bible says not to be. What kind of harvest is that going to reap? It's going to reap the same kind because a seed reproduces after its own kind whatsoever a man or woman sows that will they also reap no question about it you will reap what you sow and so if you sow uh that kind of uh brash irritability uh harsh responses it's what you're going to reap you know that's and you what, won't
0: have friends nobody right. wants to be around i was around just going to say
1: that when we we're when growing up they always tell you if you want to have friends be friendly you have to be the one that sows well, I that. mean, i
0: still tell my kids that all the time yeah I'm like, if you're not going to be patient, you know, uh, you know, I, we're dealing with a 12-year-old right now who's working on, <laughs> she's great and she's kind and loving, but everybody has to work on being patient and siblings. kind and loving. And so, but that's one of the things, and I, and I tell, you know, my middle one, Brooklyn, that too. Like, if you want friends and you want people to be around you, you still have, you have to, it has to start within the home. You have to treat your brother and sister you know, the same way. Because what you sow, you're gonna reap. If you if you want to have friends, you're gonna have to be friendly with everyone. Mm-hmm. We're not just picking and choosing, you know, well, it's my sister, so I don't have to be. No, if that everything is a seed that we do. And if we want it to come back and we wanna have friends and we wanna have all these wonderful things in our life, then we need to continually sow it with everybody.
1: A good question from Dynamic Love Ministries. What would the difference be between the fruit of the Spirit, come back to both of us, the fruit of the Spirit being a fruit of the Spirit versus the result of my own willpower? That's a great question because people think that like, well, I'm just making a decision to be peaceful. Yes, but remember this, that it is the fruit of, now there is is some question on this, is it the fruit of the Holy Spirit or is it the fruit of a redeemed spirit? Meaning someone who is saved, it is the result of their redeemed spirit, which I don't think it's really that much of a debate because every Christian is sealed by the Holy Spirit. So every Christian has the Holy Spirit sealing their salvation. So I believe it's one and the same. So when you ask the question, what's the difference? It's not just your willpower because when you look at the world, they don't actually, and this is why, by the way, that I teach that self-control is the most important fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control, because it is not your own, it's not a self-help message. It's not, as you said, willpower. You are not empowered to walk in the fruit of the Spirit unless you have the Holy Ghost, unless you have the Holy Spirit. That's why sinners, they don't operate in the fruit of the Spirit because they're not redeemed and don't have the Holy Spirit. Anybody can love people that already love them. Anybody can do that. Anybody can have peace in a peaceful situation. Why do you think anxiety and depression are on the rise throughout the world? Anybody can have peace when it's peaceful. Anybody can have joy when it's a happy moment. What do you do when it's an attack of the devil? See, people that have the fruit of the spirit are empowered by the Holy Ghost, right? To have what? Peace in a storm. To have joy in the midst of where everybody else is mourning and wailing. You can have joy. You can love those who don't love you. In fact, you can love those that are your enemies. You can love those that spitefully use you, the Bible says. You're empowered by the Holy Ghost to do that. Now, you still have to make the choice to do it, but the fact that you can make the choice is only available because you have the Holy Spirit, and he's empowering you to carry out the fruit of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 9.27, my wife referenced it earlier. Paul said, I keep my body under on a daily basis, lest after having preached to others, I might become disqualified. And so it's an excellent question because many times people don't understand the difference between I'm just making a choice to have peace or the Holy Ghost is empowering me to choose to have peace. That's the way you should look at it. Because if you're not saved, you don't have that ability. You don't have that ability. So the key being the Holy Spirit empowers us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And by the way, we're going to be coming up on this very soon in the Bible Study Made Simple course, which uh, we're filming more of that today. It has been phenomenal and people are learning so much. We're going to open it back up in the fall. If you've not been a part of Bible Study Made Simple, it is probably the most uh it's, it is the most helpful thing I think we've ever released in Miracle Word University. If you want to check it out, MiracleWordU.com. Um, I don't know if we have a Bible study made simple, Lower Third, but there's the Miracle Word U one. But in Galatians, uh, this is what the Bible says, Galatians chapter five, listen to verse 16. If you'll walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see that? Walk in the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. So there it is. If you have to be walking in the spirit, you have to choose to walk. That's why he gives the command, walk in the spirit. You have to choose to walk in the spirit. And that's how it has to be for every marriage. You got to walk in the spirit in your marriage. Don't get weird with it. There's people that get weird with it. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like there's like people that actually get weird with it. They're like, when you and your husband are having sex, you need to put on worship music.
0: I don't know. I don't, no one's oh, ever yes.
1: told me that. Oh, yeah, people say that. No, Oh, yeah. No, no lie. Shh. No lies. I'm serious.
0: That's what I would say to them. Yeah, Shh. hey. I'd reach out and <laughs> grab their lips.
1: Yeah, hey, chill.
0: I haven't heard that one yet.
1: Oh, yeah, there's some crazy ones. I'm not even, I haven't even said them all. Well, you don't have to. I'm not going to. Thank you. But it's ridiculous. Oh, but be we...
0: careful, little ears, what you hear. <laughs> it's Cause true. Because the Father up above Put is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you it's hear. It's crazy.
1: Um, you can unplug them,
0: okay. but also ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you got to walk in the spirit, uh, in your marriage, in your relationship, you got to be led by the Holy ghost. You have to yield yourself to the Holy ghost. And, um, I'm telling you that when God gives you a husband, when he gives you a wife, he's given you a blessing. He has given you a good thing. He has given you a good thing. Yeah. He's connected you uh, together as a team. It's a good thing. It's a blessing. Every good gift comes from the Father above. And so, you have to look at it and say, thank you, Lord, for this blessing. Thank you, Lord, for this gift. And you treat, uh, that with that mindset, you treat that person like a gift from God directly. And then treat them that way on a daily basis. Pray for them, uh, not only that, but yield yourself to the Holy Spirit in, re- in dealing with them. That means humility, that means putting down your own selfish desires, that means putting down your own fleshly tendencies. And being somebody that is led by the Holy Ghost when you deal with your husband or wife, I'll tell you this: if you will um, truly make that your goal, one hundred percent, I am going to put them above myself. My wife's lost interest in the broadcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put. <laughs> no. the, she's like looking at things like, oh, really. a
0: lot of has happened in this studio. <laughs> Lots of things going on.
1: Let's pray for the people today, Sister <laughs> Carolyn. <laughs> Until you have places to be, this is no longer your priority <laughs> as, the, as the mom and first lady of this ministry. Pray for the people. No. Pray that God will bless them. Pray that you bless their marriage. God bless them.
0: <laughs> I love you dearly. I love you so much. I love you. Come back pray to for, me. Pray for the people.
1: <laughs> pray for their marriages.
0: Father God, I thank <laughs> you for each and every person that's watching today, listening on the replay. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us this instruction manual. You've given us this word of God that we can apply our lives to, that we don't have to have marriages and look like the rest of this world. I ask you now, Lord, that husbands and wives that are watching, that there is a, a new kindling, a new burning of love for each other, that you, that we'll step out in faith together. We'll step out in what you've called us to do together, Lord, that there'll be a, a, a new, a, a fresh unity. Yeah that we can operate how you want us to operate, a fresh unity together in, in marriage. I thank you Lord for healing that if there's relationships that feel broken or feel like they've gone too far or things have said, uh, you know, thing people have said things too far, Lord, I pray that there will be a, a restoration, a restoration and a forgiveness like yes. never before Jesus. to put them back together. That The enemy cannot have a foothold in their marriage. They can't, he cannot, uh, try to break apart what God has put them together, that the unity in the house be restored in the mighty name of Jesus I pray amen
1: amen we love you very very much we appreciate every one of you that are connected to this ministry if you'd like to sow a seed you know how to do it you can go to miracleword.com you can sow there you can partner with us click the partner page you can see all that we're doing Uh, we're leaving tomorrow for um, our revival in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. come see us. Come see us. If you're anywhere near Pennsylvania, we're gonna be in Lancaster, Pennsylvania all week long, Sunday through Friday. It's a good time for a road trip. We're gonna be be with Pastors Joe and Sarah Spence, and uh, we cannot wait. It's gonna be great. Start Sunday morning and uh, then Sunday night all the way through Friday night, every every night at seven. And uh, all the details are on our website, miracleword.com. Cannot wait to see you there. Uh, it's going to be a great week.
0: I look forward to seeing you. Carrie. Oh,
1: TJ and Carrie going to be there. We yes. I can't wait to see you and hang out with you. We love you guys. And um, so, if you would like to sow a seed, go to miracleword.com. You can do it there. Partner with us as we're getting ready to do the biggest things we've ever done. And on top of that, those that are sowing in the month of August, we are so blessed to be able to send you this gift by Pastor Mark Hankins. It is his book, "The Bloodline of a Champion: The Power of the Blood of Jesus." And uh, for those that are sowing. If you go to MiracleWord.com forward slash offer, you can fill out the form, let us know where to send it and um, we'll get it to you ASAP. Um, Dylan and McKenzie are going to come Thursday and Friday as long as TJ isn't there. So we've got some problems in the body, some strife, some disunity in the body of Christ. Katerina, God bless you. Thank you. Veronica. Ooh, I believe that one day we'll own a plane and we'll go everywhere y'all be at. Listen, we want you there. We want you there. We love your family.
0: I know they bless us. So we much. were so much.
1: We were so happy to. Veronica and her
0: family drove six hours yeah. each way, each way for one for service. One service at night. Turn
1: around, went back in home in Texas. And her husband had to be at work at what time?
0: It's like six in the morning or something yeah. like
1: that. So they literally lo- left. I think he slept
0: for like three got, hours.
1: Got home at three a.m. Got up at six to go. Or had to be at work at six. So And awesome. so man, that was a massive blessing. We love you guys and a lot. His of it was great life to see was you. changed. Yeah, we
0: got a report that his life was changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all he did was go back hungry, hungry, hungry for the things of God.
1: I'm telling you, I love you guys. I love to see all of you at these revivals, and um, so we want to see you there. All the details again at the website miracleword.com. Check it out. Get the address. Get the times. We want to see you. And then coming up in uh, two weeks, Elizabeth City, the final tent meeting of the year. Um, is is going to be at Fountain of Life property in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Dad's got the tent up. We're going to be there. The band's going to be there. It's going to be phenomenal. And if you'd like to be in an old-fashioned Holy Ghost tent <laughs> revival, now's the time. It's going Sunday through Sunday. And uh, so we want to see you there. We love you guys a lot. Thank you for hanging with us. Love you, Bonnie. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you to First Lady, Sister Archdeaconess, Carolyn Shuttlesworth, for being on the broadcast today. Appreciate you very much. <laughs>
0: Glad
1: that bar is in there. Glad that giving bar's there. We love you. Thank you. We will see you again very soon. Later. Oh boy. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.